Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 38 to 42. <clears throat> We've been studying the Gospel of Luke uh, that informs us about God's kingdom and what it looks like to be part of that kingdom. And to be part of that kingdom means to be in a loving relationship uh, with God. And that results with our love, to our love for our neighbors. And Pastor Jesse explained to us last uh, preaching uh, that uh, the law reveals that humans, all human beings, are unable to love God. And uh, only when we admit our inability uh, to love God and rely on God's grace can we be free and be enabled uh, by God. Uh, through the Holy Spirit uh, by, under, by letting us understand the love of God in Jesus Christ. And today, the study of our text will once again give us a clear picture of what it looks like uh, to love God. A love that is not burdened and also a love filled with delight in God. So let us read together Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. While they were traveling, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came at and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. And before we begin, let's ask the Lord to teach us through His Word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before Your presence, and we acknowledge that only You uh, will be uh, is the one who can enable us to understand your word. Help us, Lord God, to know you by your word, by the power of your spirit, and cause us, Lord God, to delight uh, in you, uh, in Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When I came to the UAE, I was not originally looking for a pastoral position. Uh, my purpose in coming into the UAE is to look for a job that can uh, help me in providing a good financial support to my family uh, there back in the Philippines during that time. I have a background in marketing and so I applied around that uh, position. And so when I had my first inter when I had my interview and landed uh, to a job in a reputable company, I'm telling you that I was the happiest uh, man in the world during that time. Uh, I was uh, excited uh, to go to work. On my first day, I came early to uh, my workplace, uh, cleaned my table, set up my computer, and I was uh, kind to everyone. I was smiling to everyone. Uh, yeah, you know me, I'm always smiling. But I smiled to everyone at my company. and. I'm telling you, when I got my first salary, I was so happy when I got my first salary. I have the sense of gratification of uh, being able to provide for uh, my family. 
I love my job and I was so grateful to God by giving me that job. But then, after a while, after some time of working there, and I know that I'm not alone in this experience, my excitement, my promptness to my uh, work uh, in attendance, my enthusiasm, my smile were replaced with frown, uh, grumpiness, boredom, uh, tardiness. Uh, I'm not smiling all day. I am grumpy. Why? Because I stopped delighting in my job. And I got distracted of other things. Which in the first place is not mine to enjoy. I suddenly saw the computer of my colleague as faster, uh, a faster computer than mine. And then I look at my other colleagues. They have a bigger office space than my office. Uh, Suddenly, I got envy, I'm envious of a colleague who got issued with a company car. While I'm in the marketing and I was still using a rent-a-car uh, rent going to my workplace. And so, I was not happy. Uh, even though I report to my post, I was having a heavy heart. Work is not fun anymore. And I just long for the day to end so that I can finally go home. And the previous person who loves his job suddenly become ungrateful and lonely and is even asking God to change my circumstance or life situation. In our text today, uh, we have the famous story of Martha and Mary who received Jesus at their home. But just like me, who lost his delight in job uh, and got distracted by many things, Martha also got distracted of many things because her delight is not found in Jesus. Martha even thought that she was the good Samaritan in this story. But surprisingly, Jesus commended Mary instead of Martha. And the reason behind that will be our main point today. And today, I want you to take away from this sermon that Relation to God is not defined by duty, but by love. I'll repeat it again. Relation to God is not defined by duty, but by love. And I will try to explain it in two, two points. And the, the first one is confused service. Confused service. And the second one is devoted love. Devoted love. So let's proceed with the first point. Confused service. Let's uh, study Luke chapter 10, verse 38, up to the first portion of uh, verse 40. While, Mary, while they were traveling, he entered the village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. What we can see in this story are two women who exhibited their understanding of relationship with Jesus. One named Martha and the other named Mary. Who is Martha and Mary? There are two books in the Bible that describe to us and directly tells us about them. 
some of their uh, stories were written in the book of Luke and some of them in the book of John. So let's look a little bit in the book of John, what John says about who Martha and Mary was. According to John, in chapter 11, verse 5, Martha and her brother Lazarus are persons who are dearly loved by Jesus. So they are loved by Jesus. And then in uh, verse 22 of the same chapter, 11, when Lazarus died, Martha was the one to first to see Jesus. And she cried. And she expressed her belief in Jesus. Martha said that I know that you are the Messiah. And that can be read in verse 27. The Son of God who comes into the world. And so John describes to us Martha as a person who knows Jesus and even a person who experiences the love of Jesus. That is Martha according to John. Now, Luke has another, a, a, a different kind of description of Martha. Uh, it's a little bit different than John. Luke introduced her as a certain woman, as a certain woman whose name is Martha. Uh, Luke seems to inform us that whatever Martha's knowledge and experience of Jesus doesn't matter in this story. What Luke was driving at is uh, Martha's heart that is a little bit showing indifference towards Jesus. Verse 40 of Luke chapter 10, which is our text, tells us that Martha demands Jesus. Right? An explanation. And, and she commanded Jesus to obey her heart's desire. We cannot, we can notice in Martha's word that um, she is, she is complaining. She said, Lord, don't you care? So tell her. Martha is revealing her heart in this passage. She's distracted. She complained. She is worried and upset. That's how Luke described Martha. Now what about Mary? According to John, in John chapter 11 or John chapter 12 verse 2, Mary was the one Oh, John chapter 11 verse 2, Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. And this is the first time that John was introducing Martha in his book. Now what John is telling is that uh, he was giving his reader an immediate identification of, of Mary. Okay? As if John is saying, hey, if you know if you want to know who Mary is, he is the one who did this. Alright? John seems to emphasize what Mary did. Alright? And it's the same that Luke is accounting to this record. Uh, the emphasis was on what Martha did that Martha, uh, sorry, what Mary did that Martha missed and neglected. And we will discuss more about Mary later on. But this is who Martha is and who Mary is. Well, at first, there seems to be no problem with Martha. In fact, Martha received uh, Jesus, and it was supposed to be a happy situation. And just imagine the king of the UAE visited you at your home. How would it make you feel? 
I remember when I was still in the Philippines and I was a sales manager, uh, my sales associate would often brag to their uh, colleagues uh, about how I visited their home. They, they feel so privileged by being visited by me. They would often say that they had a chance to uh, talk to me personally and grow their relationship uh, with me, not just in business, but also in friendship. Uh, my other sales associates will be envious of that and they would ask me to do the same thing, to visit them. Uh, they feel important and they got a sense of being privileged by being visited by their manager. And the king of God's kingdom, King Jesus, visited Martha. King Jesus is the one, the chosen one of God to rule in the throne of David. He visited Martha in his home. And if Martha could have known about the doctrine of the Trinity, how do you think would Martha feel? The incarnate God, the one who holds the universe in his hands, who established and placed the sun, the moon, and the constellations in heaven, is at her home. It is a privilege of receiving Jesus. The second thing, she was given an opportunity to express her gratitude to God by serving Jesus, by showing hospitality to Him. King Jesus is face to face with her. A while ago, we sang a song that it is good to be in the table of the Lord. What a great privilege it is. Martha was given a chance to share a meal together with King Jesus. How much great reasons is there uh, uh, Martha have to celebrate this very rare occasion? But we see from this story that Martha uh, does the other way around. Our text tells us that she was distracted by her many tasks. And that led Martha to complaining and accusing Jesus that he doesn't care. And lastly, Martha demanded Jesus to tell her sister to help her. What might be the reason for Martha's distraction? What do you think? Well, there are a few things that I want you to see from what Luke is trying to let us see in this account. Number one, Martha got her priority wrong. The quickest way for a person to get distracted is when the person doesn't know his or her priority or what is necessary. And a good example of that is um, when you ride an airplane, there is an emergency procedure that we often hear before the airplane takes off. The flight attendant would often demonstrate through her reenactment that it is necessary and the highest priority that we put our own oxygen mask first before trying to help others, right? Because by helping others first, the person who is helping others would suddenly not recognize face, uh, faces and shapes and suddenly he will pass out. And that is a wrong priority, right? We will begin to lose our ability to help the other person by not putting our own oxygen mask. In the same way, Martha gets distracted because she wrongly assessed that service, it was what is necessary. Service is priority. 
she wrongly chose service over her delight in Jesus. And my friends, there is nothing wrong in service. In fact, serving the Lord is a command that all believers should do. But the direction of Martha's choice led her to the wrong path. Her service became the basis of her relationship with Jesus. While Mary, on the other hand, choose to nurture her relationship with Jesus more than anything else. Martha chosen, uh, have chosen wrongly, and then she got distracted. So that's the cause why Mary, Martha got distracted. But the main cause, I think, why Martha has the wrong assessment of his, her priority is primarily because she lacks her love for Jesus. She lacks love for Jesus. And Martha's distraction was primarily because of her lack, for, uh, lack of love for Jesus and for Mary. Uh, we can see this because Luke made a point that the story of Martha and Mary follows immediately right, right after the story of the lawyer, the expert lawyer, which is the previous preaching of Pastor Jesse last Sunday, asking how to inherit life. And Jesus answered the lawyer, what is written in the law? The lawyer responded, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus told him, go and do the same. And then Jesus was more helpful by giving the example of the Good Samaritan. And then Jesus again said, go and do the same. Martha should have done this. This is the point that Luke was trying to say. Martha should have done this. However, Martha lacks a love for Jesus in this story. The tone of her voice is not a tone of a loving voice. It's a tone of resentment. The content of her words contains disappointment and not of love. And aside from that, Martha also lacks love of Mary. She was not thinking of Mary's highest good. Martha is not only ignoring the need of her neighbor, but someone who would be willing to hinder for Mary's need to be met by Jesus. It's even, Martha is even worse than the Levite and the, uh, the priest that ignored the, the, the person who was robbed by the road. Martha's destruction is primarily because the love of herself is more than her love for Jesus and for Mary. She complains for the fault that she thought is happening around. And poor Mary, because she was the closest to Martha, she gets the blame. Mary is now a slacker in Martha's eyes. In Martha's mind, Mary is the reason she got worried and upset. And finally, the reason of all her burden and trouble is Jesus. Because Jesus visited her. And Jesus doesn't seem to care about Martha's suffering and burden. Martha's lack of love reveals who Jesus and Mary is to her life. They are not a delight, but a burden. 
what about us? Is Jesus a burden to you? Is your neighbor only a burden to you? Is the church a burden to you? Brothers and sisters, we have a lot of lessons that we can learn from this story. There are few points that can help us to redirect our priority and our hearts towards loving and having a delightful fellowship with God and with others instead of a confused and burdened service. I want you to see first that our service is not necessarily our relationship to the Lord. I'll repeat that. Our service is not necessarily our relationship to the Lord. What do I mean by this? Uh, a, a praise is very helpful. Uh, a praise that was mentioned somewhere was very helpful. It says that all of our actions is always shaped and directed by love. All of our actions is always shaped and directed by love. And I believe this is true. However, there is a great temptation for all of us to shape our acts, our service, our ministry, not by our love for God, but by our love for ourselves. The moment we begin to think that the good things that we do for God is the basis that God should listen to us, the moment that we think that the basis that He should accept us and relate he, he should relate us because of what we do is the moment we say to God that who we really love at that moment is not God, but ourselves. Let me give you an example for this. I know this happened to us uh, before. Did we not become a little uh, extra holy, extra obedient, extra good when we need something from God? When we are sick or when we are in financial difficulty, did we not become more prayerful? And did we not become more interested in reading God's word to finding an answer? Or just look at your own experience at your own workplace. And did you not become more extra productive, more extra workaholic, and extra cooperative with your boss and colleagues when you need to ask favor from them? And how about in your house, in your family members? Sometimes your family members, like your spouse and your children, will become extra kind, extra obedient extra sweet, extra hardworking, extra helpful when they need something from you. Isn't it? So what you really communicate here is that you're doing these things not because you like or love the other person, but because you love yourself more than you love the other person. You are willing to do what is not pleasurable for you to do. Right? It's because you love yourself. And if we bring this attitude in our relationship with God, this results into self-righteousness. How? 
Because serving God requires holiness. We will be extra holy in our own works, but detached from our faith in the grace that has been given to us through Jesus Christ. This results into self-righteousness, just like what happened to Martha. Martha thinks that she is more righteous than Mary. That what she do is, uh, like serving, is more righteous than sitting at the feet of Jesus. Instead of being neighborly to Mary, she resents her. She judged Mary of not doing what is needed. She condemned others for not doing what she thinks is right. And sometimes we do it. When we feel more righteous, we have the tendency to judge others and to condemn others. How, how many times are we like this? Uh, how many times did we think that what we do for God is what earns His love? My dear friends, brothers, and sisters, God loves you not because of what you do for Him, but because He has chosen to love you. He has chosen to love you so much that He willingly gave His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sin. He chose to love you and make you alive from being dead from your sin and imputed you the righteousness of His Son, Jesus Christ. He chose to love you when He raised you back to life, when He made you alive in Christ Jesus. He chose to love you by giving you His Holy Spirit that you may know Him and be enabled to love Him truly with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so if you are someone who tries to relate to God based on what you do and not based on what Jesus did on the cross, I encourage you today to be grieved by your lack of love of God. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to save you. Ask for His forgiveness. And only rely in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. My dear friends, brothers and sisters, do not let your service be defined. Be the one to define your relationship with God. But instead, let your relationship with God be defined by your love and worship of God because of what Jesus did. Why do we serve God and why do we go to church? Why do we sing songs to Him? Why do we give money in the offering? Why do you help those who are in need? These questions will help us to understand what define our relationship with God. And when our relationship with God ceases to be nurtured by love, and it's nurtured by something else, it becomes a burden. Going to church becomes an obligation. Reading the Bible becomes a guilt-clearing agent instead of a delicious meal for your soul. And lastly, Jesus becomes a burden, just like who He is to Martha in this story. Martha can't look at Jesus and Mary without being disappointed. She looks at everyone inside her house as a burden because of the many tasks that she needs to do. So would you rather choose Jesus 
Choose Jesus. Choose life. Just like what our second scripture has been read a while ago. If all the things that we do in relation to God are not nurtured by our relationship with God, it will be a heavy burden service. So ask the Holy Spirit to free us and enable us to love and delight in Jesus. Let our service to the Lord be an outflow of our delightful relationship with God. That is the example of Mary. The Bible gives this story to let us see the example of Mary and copy it. And that is a devoted love to Jesus. That's our second point, devoted love. Let's study Luke chapter 10, verse 39 and verse 42. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. And then in verse 42, Jesus said, But one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. If there is a description about Mary in the Bible, it is no other than her loving devotion to Jesus. And we can see that immediately happening in our text. Jesus entered the house, and we see Mary sitting at the Lord's feet and listening to what Jesus said. Mary, according to Jesus, made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. There are a few things about Mary that characterize her delight in Jesus. Let me mention this to you. First, we can see Mary's humbleness before Jesus. Mary is always found in the Lord's feet, humbling herself before him. We can read that in John chapter 11, verse 32. That as soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. And then in John chapter 12, verse 3, we read Mary anointing Jesus' feet. She was at Jesus' feet again, wiping her, his feet with her hair. And we can see from Mary an attitude of humbleness and her full submission to her Lord. Her action shows an acknowledgement of Jesus' full authority over her. Jesus is, Jesus is Lord. Mary is the servant. Jesus is the teacher. Mary is the student. Jesus is the king. And Mary is the subject. Mary humbles herself before Jesus at all times. And the second thing that we can learn from Mary is that Mary loves Jesus' teaching. Mary loves God's Word. She loves to hear the teachings of Jesus, which makes her, not far from the examples of the Bible, people who love the Word of God. King David is an example of a person who loved the Word of God. I read that in our family devotion, Psalms 1, that how happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction. King Solomon, when he wrote Proverbs, and the very first part of his writing, he said that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And somewhere else, he also write that fools despise 
wisdom and discipline. And so Mary is just like these people. Mary knows what it means when Jesus said that man does not live by bread alone, but from everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. In contrast, Martha was busy with the food that perishes. And lastly, we can see that Mary has the right choice. Mary's right choice. Let's look on that. Um, Jesus said that she has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. In ESV translation, it is translated into Mary has chosen the good portion. And in the Bible, it says that the Lord is the portion of His people. Right? Mary somehow understood what it means to be enjoying Jesus as one's true possession and treasure better than anything else. Brothers and sisters, is Jesus better? Is Jesus better than wealth? Is Jesus better than sorrow? Better than happiness? Jesus is better, my brothers and sisters. And all of Mary's act is influenced by this. She knows that Jesus is better. And why is Mary fully devoted to Jesus? What made her love God more than anything else? First, that humility shows us that if you have humility, it will put you in your rightful place. Nothing will correct us from our wrong assumption of ourselves, like our arrogance and like our pride, but only to be placed in the glorious presence of our God. So immediately, Mary placed herself in the presence of Jesus. You know, when we read the Bible, I love the book of Job. Job is an example who took pride in his righteousness. He was asking God, why are all these sufferings happening to him? Why he have done nothing wrong? But when God shows Job who he is in the splendor of his majesty, in his glory and awesomeness, what happened to Job? Job said, I have spoken once and I will not reply wise but now I can add nothing. Job realized how small and insignificant is his view uh, how small and insignificant he is compared to the glory of God. Job humbled himself and so Mary showed this kind of humbleness. Mary somehow had this kind of amazement of who Jesus is. And that made her to delight in Jesus, to be in a delightful activity in the presence of Jesus. That activity is listening to God's Word. We have so much delightful activity that we can do, brothers and sisters. We have the, the gift of prayer. We can enjoy praying to God, pray to, through the Psalms. We have the chance to disciple with one another and uh, dwell in the presence of God and know Him more through His Word. So let's take advantage of that like Mary. 
And Mary would not have loved Jesus if she did not hear the good news that God loved her first. That's the proclamation of Jesus that's happening on all the town. And when Jesus entered the town of Bethany, he entered the house of Martha and Mary. And Mary immediately heard or enjoyed that word. She listened to the teachings of Jesus. So brothers and sisters, we have the example of Mary. And the question for us is, are we going to follow that example? What does it look like for us to love Jesus? Let's love Jesus with our humility. Love Jesus with humility. Martha's service seemed to be fueled by her knowledge of what she can do, but detached from a living communion with Jesus. But Mary's humility shows that even if she has the ability, knowledge, and skills, that she can do service, but it is not fueled by the love and gratitude for Christ, it is nothing. We see that clearly at her example when she wiped Jesus' feet with her hair. That's a humbleness. What about you and me? What characterizes our acts, our service, or all the things that we do in our service of God? As I have said, nothing is wrong in serving well. But if our service is detached from the abiding gratitude for the love of Jesus, there is a great tendency that our service will be fueled with something else and not with love. We need humbleness. To love Jesus is to acknowledge that only a living, humble, needy, special, and reverent communion with Him supplies everything that we do for God. So love Jesus with humbleness. Next thing is love Jesus by loving His Word. Jesus came to Bethany. Jesus proclaimed the Word. The purpose of Jesus is to proclaim God's kingdom. And today we are hearing God's Word. Let's not miss this chance the way Martha missed this chance. Mary feasted at God's Word. Brothers and sisters, we can feast at God's Word every Sunday. Don't go to church thinking that the preaching of God's Word is not for you, but for someone else. Brothers and sisters, that's a mistake. But to feed yourself with the bread of life, every word that comes out from the mouth of God is your first responsibility to your soul, brothers and sisters. Feed your soul with God's Word. We cannot say to ourselves that we don't need the preaching of God's Word. Take the example of Mary. Mary made the right choice. When there's a chance for Mary, she immediately went there. So brothers and sisters, my dear friends, when there's a chance of the proclamation of God's Word, go there. Feast in God's Word. And lastly, love Jesus. Love Jesus. And love Him with delight. Martha could have served Jesus with delight. Isn't it? Martha could have served with joy and not being upset. The Bible said in Psalms 100, To serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. 
And only a person who knows the reason of his or her delight can do this. And Mary is a picture of someone who knows why he is delighting in the Lord. She loves Jesus. That's the reason why she delights in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, our meditation and our thought of Christ, our delight in Him, in His presence, in all His promises, in His glory, in His grace, in His love, must be the one to overwhelm all the things that we do for God. And then we will desire to serve well. Brothers and sisters, we, have, we, should have our, we should have our priority in order. Our delight in Jesus should take over everything we do in life. When we go to workplace, work unto Jesus, delighting in Him. And should my, my love for Jesus influence all the things that I do in my previous workplace, I think I would be joyful. I can smile to everyone because I'm doing all things for the glory of Jesus. When you do all things, do it as do as if you are doing it for the Lord. And because that is true. You are doing everything for the Lord. Do it with your delight and love for Jesus. Brothers and sisters, this is the story of Martha and Mary. Let it teach us a lesson. We will have a lot of chances, opportunities, moments, circumstances in life to live out our relationship with God and our neighbors. The question is, is it fueled by our love or by duty? The command to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our strength, and with all our mind remains the same today. And we can do that if we love Jesus, if we know the love of Jesus. Let our service be fueled with our love for God, with our delight in Jesus Christ. Let us all pray.